Thanks for listening and subscribe today for our new Substack newsletter. That's Michael Medved's context placing today's big events in the unique perspective of our past and our future. Go to michaelmedved.substack.com and sign up today for my uncensored take on current controversies. And now, your daily dose of debate, breaking news, and uncensored views. This is the Michael Medved Show. And another great day in this greatest nation on God's green earth. It is the Friday before the crucial New Hampshire primary, and there's some great, great news. Not some great news for the Trump campaign or for the Haley campaign or for the DeSantis campaign or for the Biden campaign. Great news for the United States of America. Uh, The Dow Jones Industrial Average is up 400 points. Uh, It's actually 408 points right now. Just a quick check. Uh, This is incredible. The market is soaring. The uh, Standard & Poor, the S&P 500, has reached its all-time high uh, and reached a level higher than anything that existed uh, two years ago. This is a very, very uh, powerful good news, and part of it is driven by a Wall Street Journal headline that says consumer sentiment logs the biggest jump in decades. Consumer sentiment leapt 13% in the first half of January from December. The University of Michigan said today that came on the heels of a sharp rise in December, causing the index to surge a combined 29% from November, the biggest two-month increase since 1991. The uh, 1991, I mean, can, can we get this clear? 34 years ago? Uh, 33? That's a long time ago. Uh, this is uh, remarkable. What is the political impact? Who knows? Uh, but there's other good news politically for President Trump uh, of the various endorsements that he wants to receive. He's already received a lot of them. Uh, no endorsement more precious to him than that of Tim Scott, who used to be running against him. And Tim Scott had attracted uh, some support. He was, at the time that he withdrew from the race, say he was polling about 7% in Iowa. And uh, he had gotten a lot of uh, important financial and uh, personal endorsements. Uh, the senator from South Carolina, who, by the way, was appointed to the U.S. Senate uh, to uh, uh, to fill a seat that became vacant. And uh, Tim Scott was appointed to the U.S. Senate by Nikki Haley, who was then governor of South Carolina. He's not endorsing the woman who supported him, his friend from South Carolina. He's endorsing Donald Trump tonight. And given the fact that after the New Hampshire primary, the next important battleground uh, leading to Super Tuesday is South Carolina. And a lot of people who have looked at this said that even if uh, Nikki Haley does well in New Hampshire, 
who runs very close second to Trump or even beats Trump, which is conceivable. Uh, if she loses her own home state of South Carolina, the state where she was two terms as governor and was a member of the state legislature, then uh, it's uh, very, very tough for Nikki Haley to move forward. Uh, meanwhile, other news headlines, aside from the planned uh, uh, Tim Scott uh, announcement, there was an announcement today by Nikki Haley, which, by the way, I think will enormously help her campaign and uh, clears away, I think, some of the, a lot of the reluctance people had to get on board any kind of Nikki Haley Express. Nikki Haley told a table of voters at a diner in Amherst, New Hampshire, today that she will not be anybody's vice president. A Politico senior political columnist, Jonathan Martin, wrote on X today, just a couple hours ago, uh, Nikki Haley just told the table of voters at a diner in Amherst, New Hampshire, I don't want to be anybody's vice president. That's off the table. Uh, Haley's comments come a day after Axios reported that Haley, uh, Representative Elise Stefanik, and uh, Senator J.D. Vance of Ohio were the top three choices for vice president. Now, all of this goes to the point that President Trump, in one of his uh, town hall interviews, said he had already decided on who would be his vice presidential candidate. And uh, uh, obviously, if he had decided that it would be Nikki Haley, that's not going to work right now, especially with the increasingly heated uh, nature of the campaign against Haley by the Trump campaign. Uh, NBC reported that the Haley campaign is gearing up to try to win New Hampshire as Trump world vows to go after her reputation and image. And that's in quotes. Uh, they quote a uh, unidentified uh, official with the Trump campaign saying, Nikki should get out while people still talk about her for 2028, or she'll end up like all the 2016s that nobody thinks of as future presidents anymore. He's talking about people like Chris Christie or Marco Rubio or John Kasich. Uh, this was a Trump campaign advisor. A protracted ground war will cost us our money, but it will cost Nikki her reputation and image. And uh, part of that has already started. There is a piece in the British press, it, uh, the Daily Mail. It's an incredibly long, incredibly nasty, and incredibly irresponsible uh, piece that goes back and uh, recycles uh, charges about an affair, an extramarital affair, or two extramarital affairs that allegedly Nikki Haley experienced while she was a member of the state legislature in South Carolina. That was before she was elected to her two terms as governor. Uh, there's also a flashback in uh, that coverage of the affair claiming that she had an affair five years ago. This was reported by Inside Edition. An affair between Nikki Haley and Donald Trump. <laughs> Is that uh, why there was all that talk about a running mate 
I don't think they had that kind of mating involved when that term was uh, closed. Uh, we will we will talk about that and the impact, if any, on the race in New Hampshire. I don't think that the uh, the report in the Daily Mail. Uh, basically bringing up charges that were lodged against Nikki Haley more than 10 years ago is going to uh, impact her. She's already been very effective and very convincing in strictly denying those charges and talking about her long-term happy marriage with her husband, uh, Michael Haley. And uh, again, I was involved in another radio interview this morning where somebody asked, why is Nikki Haley embarrassed about not using her real name? This is another big attack by uh, uh, by the Trump forces. Uh, President uh, Trump insisting on calling her Namorata, which was her first name on her birth certificate, but her second name on her birth certificate, the middle name, was Nikki. Spelled that way, N-I-K-K-I. And Bobby Ghosh, who is also Indian-American, wrote a column saying Nikki is an Indian first name. And uh, she used that and she got the Haley because she got married and she chose to do what more traditionally minded women do, which is to take the name of your husband once you get married. And uh, by the way, to have this kind of attack on Nikki Haley in the middle of a campaign on the eve of the Iowa caucuses, I mean, really? And while her husband is away on deployment with the National Guard, I mean, really, this is kind of kind of nasty, wouldn't you think? Uh, speaking of kind of nasty, uh, Alec Baldwin, remember him, has been indicted uh, by a grand jury in the fatal shooting of a cinematographer on the set of a movie in uh, New Mexico. And uh, again, do you remember once upon a time Alec Baldwin was considered a potential candidate uh, for uh, governor of New York as a Democrat, uh, for Congress and New York uh, as a Democratic member of Congress, and much more. Uh, we will be speaking to a panel of people who have relatives who have been taken hostage by Hamas. That and more coming up. Thanks for listening and subscribe today for our new Substack newsletter. That's Michael Medved's Context, placing today's big events in the unique perspective of our past and our future. Go to michaelmedved.substack.com and sign up today for my uncensored take on current controversies. Sign up today for the free Medved newsletter with new columns, commentaries, and movie reviews. Go to michaelmedved.com. And signing up for the Medved newsletter is completely free. And it's uh, we, we actually put a lot of work into it uh, these days. And by the way, there is a terrific article uh, coming out in the newsletter. And it's a lengthy article about the whole history of the Jewish attachment to the land of Israel, to that spot of real estate uh, that is claimed 
by uh, by Arabs who have only recently begun to call themselves Palestinians. But in any event, uh, that's by my wife, and uh, she did a terrific job with it. But that's uh, all available through the newsletter if you sign up for it and get it free every Friday. And um, and by the way, a salute to my assistant Carmen Friswold who does a spectacular job with the newsletter and putting together the movie reviews. We uh, were reviewing a a big new movie uh, this week, which is a faith-based film that tells the true story of the first American saint. And here, I don't mean a secular saint. I mean a nun who changed the whole world, Mother Cabrini. We will be talking about that film a little bit later in this edition of The Michael Medved Show. Uh, Presidential candidate Nikki Haley uh, just uh, released a new campaign ad that included uh, a mashup of uh, somebody praising her while she was serving as U.S. Ambassador to the United Nations. Who was praising her? Well, it's a terrific Trump imitation. It sounds just like him. Actually, that's teasing. It is Donald Trump. And uh, I'm not sure that this is really a campaign strategy that's going to work for Nikki Haley. Uh, She is uh, trying desperately to gain some traction in the New Hampshire primary. But uh, her ad, uh, new ad, sounds like this. I like Nikki Haley. Nikki Haley. Mm. I think Nikki's going to do a good job. Great job. And I want to also thank your former governor, Nikki Haley, who's doing an awfully good job for us. She's representing America very well as our ambassador to the United Nations. She is doing a spectacular job. She has just been really great. Nikki Haley is doing a great job. I want to thank Ambassador Nikki Haley for her outstanding leadership and for acting as my personal envoy on the Security Council. She's doing a good job. Where's our Nikki? Ambassador Nikki Haley, who is so incredible. And Nikki Haley did a great job. I like the message that Nikki sent yesterday at the United Nations. So, Nikki, that was the right message that you and I agreed to be sent yesterday. Thanks to the leadership of U.N. Ambassador Nikki Haley. Uh, the, uh, the Huffington, uh, the Haley Post, the Haley campaign, pardon me, uh, told Politico that the ad reflected Trump's frustration with the former South Carolina's governor's growing popularity, saying he was only uh, singing a different tune now because he's threatened by Haley's rise in the polls. I'm not sure I understand what that means, um, but what that ad seems to suggest is that uh, she's recognizing that, look, if she wants to win in New Hampshire, uh, she's going to have to peel away some of the support that is already uh, committed to uh, President Trump. Uh, just hours ago, NBC uh, News 10 in Boston and the Boston Globe released the latest tracking poll covering New Hampshire. And uh, that released uh, today showed Trump at 52 percent, which is two percentage points higher 
than he had polled in the first two days of the tracking poll. Haley, meanwhile, dropped one percentage point, landing at 35 percent. DeSantis remained a distant third at 6 percent. The... um, According to 538, which uh, takes all of the polls and computes their averages, the average for New Hampshire shows her a little bit closer than the new Boston Globe poll. It shows 48% for Trump, uh, 34% for Haley. One of the things that has come out in... uh, the uh, the estimates of what a victory would have to look like for Nikki Haley, uh, part of what that victory would have to look like would be that she is within seven points of uh, President Trump. And uh, if uh, she doesn't get there, if uh, she loses by 15 or 16 points, uh, then uh, her campaign is going to have a very tough time, especially because it's looking tougher and tougher. She's way behind in the polling in South Carolina. And uh, the announcement that Tim Scott, the uh, senator from South Carolina, is going to be joining the other senator from South Carolina, Lindsey Graham. Lindsey Graham endorsed President Trump a long time ago and uh, has been campaigning for him. But it now says in the New York Post, Senator Tim Scott, Donald Trump's one-time rival in the 2024 presidential race, will announce tonight that he is endorsing the former president for the Republican nomination. Scott dropped out of the race on November 12th and vowed at the time he would not endorse another candidate. He's expected to make his backing official at a Trump campaign rally in New Hampshire, according to multiple reports. The decision by Scott to endorse Trump ahead of the uh, January 23rd New Hampshire primary is a blow to Scott's fellow South Carolinian, former Palmetto State Governor Nikki Haley, who's the one who appointed Scott in uh, December 2012 to the Senate seat. He has since won twice on his own. Haley, who is 51, is Trump's nearest challenger in New Hampshire. And the consensus among political observers is that she must win the Granite State to deny the 45th president a cakewalk to the Republican nomination in Milwaukee later this year. In backing Trump, Scott joins uh, former Senate or his Senate colleague, Lindsey Graham, and the current South Carolina governor, Henry McMaster, in turning their backs on Haley in favor of the former president. However, despite uh, fund, impressive fundraising numbers that Scott did while he was running for president, he failed to break through among Republican voters. A benchmark Iowa poll released in late October, two weeks before he dropped out, uh, showed him getting just 7% support in the Hawkeye state. Scott uh, announced that, quote, I think the voters who are the most remarkable people on the planet have been really clear They're telling me not now, Tim. That was what he said when he withdrew. In uh, the same interview, he said he would withhold his endorsement for the time being, uh, telling Trey Gowdy over at Fox, the best way for me to be helpful is not to weigh in. Well, now he is weighing in. And uh, what about the latest uh, tactics used by the Trump campaign to defeat and defeat.
Michael Medved Show. Nicholas Kristoff, the uh, columnist, award-winning columnist for the New York Times, uh, had a column yesterday which we talked about a great deal. Uh, the column had the headline, As If We Didn't Have Enough to Frighten Us. And it talks about the conclusion by a number of experts on North Korea that they have made a decision to go to war not against the United States, but to go to war against South Korea and probably Japan. And uh, we're going to be talking with Nicholas Kristoff about that a little bit later in the show, because this is a, a very real big deal. And uh, th- there is also this. It's a Wall Street Journal headline today. Uh, Haley could win New Hampshire. Then what? Question mark. It's a column by Barton Swaim. And he went out to a Nikki Haley uh, get-together. It's not exactly a rally. She's been drawing big crowds. But it's uh, a get-together in Hollis, New Hampshire. And he comments on her speech that uh, her cautious criticism of Mr. Trump sounds disingenuous. She began her reproval, writes Barton Swaim, by noting that she voted for Trump twice and was honored to serve in his administration. But rightly or wrongly, she said, chaos follows him. She said, you know I'm right. Chaos follows him. Uh, Plainly, writes Barton Swaim, that formulation is calculated not to offend. You could take it, as Mr. Trump likely does, as a compliment, particularly when prefaced by rightly or wrongly. When she says rightly or wrongly, chaos follows him, I'm sort of thinking of a little stray dog that has chaos written on the side, that uh, Trump didn't try to do anything to have chaos follow him. Rightly or wrongly, chaos just follows him. The little dog can't stay away from Donald Trump. In other words, she's even too cautious about offending MAGA world. And that's why I think it was important for her to say earlier this morning that no, she won't be vice president. She's not interested in the vice presidency. Okay, I think she should be very clear on that because uh, otherwise people would ask, uh, okay, why don't you say, but Mr. Trump brings chaos Is it just accident or is it just because of his enemies that his leadership uh, was associated with chaos? The the only president ever to uh, to be impeached twice. Of course, there's been no president who's ever been impeached and then found guilty. President Trump uh, survived those two impeachments. And by the way, this is one of the reasons that I think President Trump cares so deeply, deeply, deeply about winning this election. Because if he lost this election, he would become the only incumbent in the long history of the United States to uh, lose re-election bids twice. In other words, uh, yes, you've had incumbents who won, obviously became president, and then lost their bids for re-election. But none of those people who lost bids for re-election 
uh, ever got nominated again. And that's why uh, this is this is the big one as far as Trump is concerned. Uh, Mr. Trump, uh, writes Barton Swaim, for his part, can be counted on not to speak about Nikki Haley with similar delicacy. Last week on his social media network, Truth Social, he suggested Ms. Haley wasn't eligible to be president because her presence, uh, parents were born abroad. They were born in Punjab. At a Wednesday rally in Atkinson, New Hampshire, he called her backers pro-amnesty, pro-China, and pro-war, and accused her of using fake poll numbers. His campaign surrogate, Mr. Ramaswamy, speaking at the podium with Mr. Trump expressing smug approval sitting behind him, was even more unkind in his jibes at Ms. Haley's expense. My guess, says Barton Swaim, is that Ms. Haley and her campaign quickly realized the chaos line wasn't cutting it. On Thursday, yesterday, she spoke at a rally in Hollis, New Hampshire, near Nashua, and inveighed against Mr. Trump directly and repeatedly. She cleverly, if not quite correctly, categorized uh, Mr. Trump with Mr. Biden by saying the majority of Americans don't want to see two 80-year-olds battling it out for president. Mr. Biden is 81 years old. Mr. Trump will turn a 78 in June of this year. Everybody wants to talk about how good the economy was under Trump, she went on. He put us $8 trillion in debt in four years. He increased the debt. Uh, the... Uh, the idea of how Nikki Haley deals with some of Trump's personal issues, well, this came across last night when she participated in a CNN town hall with Jake Tapper. Uh, clip eight. Trials are still ongoing. Would you preemptively pardon him without waiting for a conviction the way that Gerald Ford did for Richard Nixon? No, I think everything needs to play out. I think it's important that that happens. And I honestly think President Trump would want that to happen. If he wants to defend himself and prove that he has been treated, you know, the wrong way or whether it's political, I think he would want to fight for that. You know, you only want to talk about a pardon after someone has been convicted. So I would assume that we'd let that play out, and I would think he would want that to play out. If he were convicted, would you then pardon him? I said I, I would pardon him with the simple reason of, you know, when you talk about a pardon, someone's already been found guilty. But for me, the last thing we need is an 80-year-old president sitting in jail because that's just going to further divide our country. This is no longer about whether he's innocent or guilty. This is about the fact, how do we bring the country back together? And I am determined to make sure all of this division all of this chaos goes away, and I think a pardon for him would make all of that go away, and I think it would be healing for the country. I, I think that kind of response is uh, directly healing for the country as well. Uh, there is more from uh, Nikki Haley's, uh, it's the closest she would come to a debate. They were supposed to have a debate last night, but of course she said she would only participate in a debate if, if Trump came along and he didn't. Uh, what all of this is doing is creating uh, a lot of sense. And, and by the way, in uh, the column by Peggy Noonan, and people here know that I follow Peggy Noonan very closely and I take her opinion very seriously, but she is uh, writing again in her column that will appear tomorrow about 
the leanings of many Americans to be dissatisfied with both President Trump and and certainly with President Biden and the leanings toward a third party. Uh, what kind of party would that be? What kind of party could that be? Uh, we will get to that because a veteran Democrat and one of the smartest Democratic minds out there in terms of being a campaign consultant uh, just uh, spoke about a third party candidate getting a beep load of, uh, of, of, of votes in 2024. Does that mean changing the outcome of the election? We will get to that and to more uh, coming up on the Medved Show. You saw real white trash on display. Michael Medved. He, he crushes. Michael Medved show. Uh, there is uh, more about uh, Nikki Haley playing uh, the age card. It's fascinating to me. She she hasn't really used the uh, uh, I'm a female running for office, and she of course is uh, the the only female who is a serious presidential candidate this time. There was no one else. Carly Fiorina, you may remember. Uh, was popular for a blink of the eye uh, in back in 2016. And, uh, of course, there's a great deal of talk that President Trump is going to prefer if he doesn't go with J.D. Vance, the senator from Ohio, or with Tim Scott, another potential running mate. Uh, he's most likely to take Elise Stefanik or another. People have talked about Senator Marsha Blackburn of Tennessee as a running mate for Trump. I think that's unlikely because... Uh, she's 71. And uh, right now, what Haley has been doing is playing the age card. She's 51, and uh, which makes her a full generation uh, younger than Donald Trump. And uh, yes, which, of course, and Trump is three years younger than uh, Joe Biden. Uh, that uh, this is Nikki Haley playing the age card uh, in her town hall uh, last night on CNN. Uh, listen. Trump and Biden both spent trillions of dollars that put us in debt that our kids are never going to forgive either one of them for. You look at the fact that we want to get them focused, but right now, do we really want to have two 80-year-olds running for president? when we've got a country in disarray and a world on fire. And then you look finally at the fact that they are so distracted by their own investigations and by their own grievances that when I think about my kids, I want a president who's going to be focused on what we need to do to fix the economy, what we need to do to secure the border once and for all, what we need to do to make sure we get our kids reading again and going back to the basics in education, what we need to do to make sure that our country is safe. Those are the things. We don't need people that are distracted. We need people who love America and realize if your time is gone, move out of the way and let a new generational leader come in and start to fix things. 
Okay, that's a strong pitch. And what she's talking about, people involved with their own problems, she's talking about the impeachment investigation that has been launched against uh, President Biden by the House of Representatives, some of the problems that he has with Hunter Biden. And by the way, it's telling for me that this has not been a big focus on the news at all, but Hunter Biden has now agreed uh, to testify before the House of Representatives and uh, the various committees investigating him and to testify behind closed doors. So that investigation is going to be continuing. And look, is it difficult for a president to be handling uh, various uh, potential criminal charges against him, and if not, serious scandals. Uh, yes, there are serious scandals that are going to last for President Trump uh, beyond the next few weeks. Uh, the next few weeks are bad and busy enough. Uh, and, and the fact that President Trump took time off from his campaign and running for president to sit in a courtroom with E. Jean Carroll who has already won by finding Trump liable to her for having defamed her and for having sexually assaulted her. I mean, really? She talks about her children, uh, Nikki Haley. Uh, this uh, uh, leads, of course, to all kinds of desperation by the Trump campaign. Some of that desperation was actually highlighted by Jake Tapper on CNN in conversation uh, with uh, Nikki Haley. Uh, this is clip 12. Trump also is pushing this uh, falsehood that Haley is ineligible to run for president, supposedly because her parents who were immigrants from India, were not US citizens at the time she was born. That's crap, it's not true. Uh, Haley was born in Bamberg, South Carolina. She's a US citizen. She's completely eligible for the presidency. And this, this is not unlike when Donald Trump first really in the modern era, burst onto the political scene by pushing this racist lie that Barack Obama was not eligible because Barack Obama was born in Africa, which is obviously not true. <laughs> it is pretty obviously not true. Uh, all of this uh, led James Carville in a recently a recent podcast uh, to talk about uh, the whole idea of a third-party impact in this election cycle. Uh, listen, clip 18. In, in an old, white, now Republican state that an incumbent, and Trump is an incumbent, I'm sorry, he just is, can get fi only 51% against, by the way, which have turned out to be not overly impressive opponents. I mean, DeSantis is almost a laughing stock now and nikki haley is she's you know she's helium light i mean she's a real featherweight and she looked <laughs> decent on paper DeSantis looked, you know even better on paper and they just had nothing and trump and, and out of when you look at the entrance polls i want to be careful to call them entrance polls the third party is going to get a lot of votes in 2024 i'm just telling you it's just it's going to get a lot unless something really changes and i'm hard for me to see the change but i i was less impressed with this than most people 
Okay, less impressed with Trump's victory in Iowa. Uh, by the way, we have up there on our Substack um, my latest column, which is Iowa in Context, which actually uh, takes a look at some of the numbers that um, most people didn't highlight. And... <clears throat> Peggy Noonan, uh, as I mentioned, who was a crucial speechwriter for President Reagan and for President George Herbert Walker Bush, a different Republican Party. But uh, she is talking about the isolation that is felt between the uh, hardworking Americans, ordinary Americans, and the elites who seem to separate themselves. And the elites have embraced what uh, she calls an ideology with no name. And what a lot of people have uh, called that ideology is wokeism. And she writes, I think people feel invaded by the ideology with no name. They know it is unhealthy for society is in fact guaranteed to make us as a people who must live together weaker and more divided. We are not sufficiently noting that this isn't only a Trump election. It is also the first national election since the full impact of 2020 and its epical changes sank in. And by those changes, she means this huge expansion of government power in some of the uh, efforts to deal with vaccine mandates, mask mandates, uh, people really feeling invaded by government in a way that they hadn't before. Peggy Noonan writes, voters are going to want more options. Talk will turn seriously to a third party bid. The great unanswered question will be whether those mounting that party have enough imagination to understand what they could be this year. Now, that, of course, brings you back to the uh, question of Robert F. Kennedy Jr., who in a bunch of polls uh, runs ahead of that 15% margin. Why is that 15% important? Because 15% gets Robert Kennedy into the debates. Now, is it possible that President Trump will refuse to debate uh, against, uh, uh, against President Biden and Robert Kennedy Jr. if, if he's included? I, I think it's possible. Uh, or is it possible that President Biden would choose not to debate? All of that is possible. But... Part of what that means is that even if Nikki Haley falls short in the uh, campaign for New Hampshire and the New Hampshire primary, that there is a lot of life left in this race. There, there's an interesting piece uh, that ran in the Washington Post about how it is still possible for Haley to uh, to win the nomination or for DeSantis to win the nomination. We will get to that. But meanwhile, how do we get kids back to school? Part of what uh, uh, Peggy Noonan was talking about in her column about that feeling of being invaded and uh, the epical changes surrounding the year 2020, some of those changes involve 
terrible attendance at schools, people not even going to class. So what do you do about it? Do you pay the students to get there? We'll be talking about that and more coming up in This Greatest Nation on God's Green Earth. 